Hail, hail. Hi, everyone, and welcome along to the first in a new series of spin-off shows of the Endless Selks podcast. My name's Anthony, one of the regular contributors to the show, and tonight we're focusing on the 21st century boys. In this century, Celtic football club and success, quite simply, go hand in hand. 15 league titles, 10 Scottish Cups, and 9 League Cups, not to mention the many European adventures and derby triumphs. In the two decades that have passed since the clock struck midnight and we entered into a new millennium, the sight of a Celtic captain lifting silverware above his head has been as regular to us as the rising and setting of the sun. But which decade was the most prominent? Which one would come out on top in a battle against the other? To try and help me answer that question, I've enlisted the services of two of our other main regular contributors. First one, Ross. Good evening, Ross. How you doing, mate? How you doing, mate? Nice to be on. Perfect. And you're going to be focusing on the, the first part of the, the 20th century. So that's the decade between 2000 to 2010. You're going to try and pick a side um, from all the players available um, from that decade tonight. And from the more recent times, 2010 to the current day, Mr. Dobbin, you're going to be the man in charge of that. How are you doing tonight? I'm very well, mate. Thanks. Looking forward to getting stuck in this. No problem. Ah, good stuff. And we'll also have some regular contributions from the man who quite literally keeps this show on the road, Mr. Tomlinson. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine, Anthony, mate. Yourself? No problem. I'm all right, mate. Not too bad at all. Um, and just before we get started, John, um, we've got something we just want to announce that um, we found out about today, and I'll let you be the man to uh, give us that good news. Aye, so... Um... I just wanted to say for everybody that's listening, a big thanks to the guys that keep coming back and are, are listening regularly. Um, we're glad you're enjoying, obviously, the content we're putting out. And I want to say thanks as well to Stephen, uh, the job that he's doing as a host. Um, Ross, yourself, Anthony, William, Francis, for the regular contributions they're making uh, and all the guests that we've uh, had on have been kind enough to come on and speak with us. Um, but essentially what it is, is um, we found out today <clears throat> that uh, on iTunes, um, we're actually the number one trending sports news podcast uh, in the UK. So that was pretty big uh, for us, I think, because we're, we're, we're still relatively new. We've only been doing this now a few weeks. Uh, and it just shows you the kind of progress we're making. So I just wanted to thank all you guys again uh, and everybody again that's listening for coming back and I hope we can continue to keep putting out quality content for everybody Absolutely superb mate, I'll echo that uh, sentiment as well, it's a real testament to the work that um, yourself and Stephen have done and uh, I'm sure I speak for the rest of the boys um, and I say you know we're only too happy to, to help um, do what we can to improve the show wherever possible um, So, but yeah, a big congratulations and thanks to everyone who's um, who's liked us and listened to us so far <clears throat> okay, so we'll get to it. So, Ross, I'll come to you first. The first decade of this century, we had Martin O'Neill um, took over in the, the summer of 2000 and was with us to 2005. And latterly, um, Gordon Strachan uh, took over and filled the hot seat uh, very well indeed. You know, domestic trebles, three in a row, last 16 participation in the Champions League, Derby whitewashes. Wooly's not really got a hope in hell tonight, does he? <laughs> uh, I shouldn't think so, but you never know. <laughs> uh, so, 
if um, if you'd be so kind, you could give us uh, a starting eleven plus some substitutes from what you from the first era of uh, the twenty first century. Right. Um, right. So I've decided to go with a three four one two, which is a bit of a weird uh, setup, but I just wanted to get some guys in, and this is the best way I could see possibly getting them in with this formation. So um, I've went with. Arthur Boric and goal, uh, and then my back three is Johan Mjalbe, Bobo Baldi, and Ramon Vega, uh, and then I've got four across the midfield. Um, I've got Nakamura on the right, Lambert and Lennon in the middle, and Alan Thompson on the left, and then in the number ten role, a bit of a free role because he's just a maverick, is Lubo Moravchik. And I've went with a front to John Hartson and the King of Kings, obviously going to be on it, Henry Larson. Um, <clears throat> my substitutes, I've went with, obviously, Rab Douglas and goals. Uh, and then I've got five, uh, five other. Uh, I've got Jackie McNamara, uh, Didier Gat, Stylian Petrov, Scott Brown and Chris Sutton. And that's it. Uh, strong side, mate. Very strong side indeed. Um, I'm going. I'll go and get Willie to give us uh, his team next, and then we'll sort of discuss the uh, the sort of finer points of uh, of, e- of each selection. So, Willie, you've been placed in charge with picking a side from 2010 till the present day. So that's a group that, of course, became the first and only side to accumulate 10 points in a Champions League group stage, defeated Barcelona, and of course won 12 straight trophies in a row, one of which <laughs> in an actual invincible season, um, the first team to ever do so. So with all that at disposal, Ross doesn't really have a hope in hell, does he? No, no <laughs> chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Brilliant. So if I could just get um, your selections as well, mate. Of course, mate. I, I've, I've went with a good old-fashioned 4-4-2, although... One of my strikers is probably like a deep line forward, so he's more could be sitting in the number ten role as well. But I've went with Big Fraser Foster and goals at right back. I've got Lustig, Big Lustig, left back KT. Uh, my two centre halves are Christopher Ayer and Big Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, two midfielders in front of them are Scott Brown and Victor Wanyama. I've got James Forrest on the right. I've went for Scott Sinclair on the left. Uh, Odson Edward as the deep line forward and up top for me is the big hunt scalper himself, big Moussa Dembele. Uh, my subs are Gordon, I went for Charlie Mulgrew, uh, I went for Izagiri, I went for Callum McGregor, big, big gorgeous Georgios Samaras and uh, Gary Hooper, that's my bench. Ah, great stuff mate, so just uh, I've just jotted down both both teams there. And, you know, you can't really argue with, with any of the inclusions, to be fair. But I think it also just goes to show when you see the guys that have made your bench and some that haven't even made the, the squad at all, just how fortunate we've been uh, the last 20 years. We've had um, we've really been spoiled with, with some of the talent that we've had uh, been able to watch uh, play, in a, play their trade in a Celtic jersey. Um, so let's look a wee bit more in depth at the, at the choices. We'll start with the goalkeeping area. And I think both you guys have, you know, it's pretty. They were both straightforward choices. I would, I would say, uh, Ross, you've went for 
after Boric. Um, just give us a wee bit what, what you what you think of the holy goalie. Oh, he was he was just he was a brilliant keeper, an excellent shot stopper. I mean, don't get me wrong, he did have a couple of blunders in him. He, I think it was more just a concentration thing with him because he was a bit mad. He, most goalies are like, but um, I, I think for me, he just he edges it over Douglas. I thought Douglas was a great servant for Celtic, a, a fabulous servant actually. But Boric, he, he just. He just got it where it was to play for Celtic, and uh, aye, it, it, as Franny had touched on, I think it was previously, it, for a point when we had him, um, I think he was one of, if not the best keeper in Europe uh, for maybe a season. Uh, but aye, I just I couldn't overlook him. I couldn't, I couldn't take Douglas before Boric. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty. <laughs> Pretty decent call, um, like you say. He was just, for, especially the, the the early years under Reid Gordon, he was just an absolute wall in front of goals. Um, really filled you with confidence. Even if you know there was an attacker coming from the other side, you felt reasonably confident that the big man was going to was going to pull off a stop. So absolutely, well, he, I was confident. Uh, sorry, um, I was confident, more confident uh, at times. A uh, Boric stop my penalty than the opposing player scoring it. Like the one he saved against Man U, I thought it had a save written all over it that night. It was just it just seemed to grow in the middle of the yeah. goals before Saha hit the penalty. It was amazing. I tell you what, he was he was a no bad penalty taker himself. Remember that one against Dundee United <laughs> in the cup? Hey, that was a beauty, mate. <laughs> Good shout. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was an absolute <laughs> absolute classic one. It really was and he was a, a massive personality as well. Uh Wally oh just say that you've went for, well, I'm saying Boric was a wall. The Barcelona press literally christened this man the Great Wall. Uh, Fraser Forster, um, who t- actually taken over from Arthur when he left, came in originally as a loan signing from Newcastle before the, the deal was made permanent. Um, went to Southampton and, and came back again uh, for a second spell last season. And again, I think just really sort of showed his class and proved his worth. Um so, yeah, give us a wee bit more on your thoughts on Fraser. Yeah, you're bang on, mate. I think um, I think us not having him this season showed how important he, he has been for us the last year and in the past. His physical stature, as you say, he's just an absolute man-mountain. And uh, these games like Barcelona, um, the biggest one that sticks out in my mind is the, the League Cup final last season against... Uh, the team across the city. If if he wasn't in the in the goal that that uh, day, I don't think we would have came away with a victory. Um, it was it was between him and Gordon. Gordon again has been a great servant, and he he is a fantastic keeper. But uh, between the two, I think Big Fraser just just nipped it for me. Absolutely great stuff. Uh, so John, looking at the the first choices, uh, the first area, the pitches and goals. It's always where you you build your you sort of build your squad from uh, thoughts on the guys' choices. I had both excellent choices. I mean, it's hard to sort of. I mean, for either era, um, the, the the two the guys picked would be the two that I would have picked as well. I mean, like both made excellent points as to why they were picked. So you can't really fault either. Absolutely. So that's the goalkeepers taken care of, guys. Uh, we'll move a little bit um, forward to the eighteen-yard line, and we'll. Just discuss 
all your choices um, in the defending defence area of the pitch. So Ross, start with you. If you just want to again run through your your um, the guys you've picked and sort of just little reasons uh, why you felt each one uh, deserved to make the grade. Um, I so obviously I went with a back three as I said. Uh, I went with Baldy uh, the central uh, the three. Um, just because he's an absolute colossus. He wasn't the most technically gifted player, but that's he was just, a, as I say, a colossus, dominant, eh, just everything that I would look for in a centre-half in the way he played the game. Just, like, take MD out, I'm getting that ball, Bobo's going to get you. That, we didn't sing that for nothing, know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but I, he was, he was a, just an outstanding Defender, just a presence, just absolutely loved him. Uh, and he, uh, you were needing somebody like him in the defence now. Um, hopefully, that I mean, the, the players like him nowadays, right enough, are few and far between. Defenders like that, it's more ball playing defenders now, but that type of defender is and will always be my favourite type of defender. No nonsense, just get rid of it and just take guys out and just be dominant. Um, I've went for Mialbe uh, on the right side of the three. Uh, just again, him and Baldy were nailed on uh, for me. Um, Mialbe again, it was a bit, bit easier on the eye playing the game, uh, but again, dominant. Not many guys are beating him in the air. Uh, just the, the, they two, I think, sort of picked themselves for the back three, um, and then probably. The one that was a wee bit more contentious, uh, obviously went with Ramon Vega. Now, I, I realise that obviously he didn't have too long a spell at Celtic, but in the time that he spent there, I just thought he was a magnificent player. Um, and I was gutted that we didn't get to keep a hold of him. Uh, it, it was, I used to always take him for first goal scorer. Uh, and like he was always good for a goal. He was always a threat in the opposing box. I mind... Uh, took him for first goal scorer, I'm sure it was the CIS Cup semi-final against Rangers, and I had him for first goal scorer, and Celtic got a corner, and it's been swung in, and he's got up, and won the header, a beauty a header, and I, th- I think it, w- it was either saved on the line, or it hit the post, and then Sutton got the rebound, but I thought I thought Vega had got the goal, I was bouncing about like a maniac, thought my cutting was up. <laughs> Uh, and it turned out like settings later I realised that Sutton had knocked it in I think that that game was 2-3-1 or three, one in the semi-final Larson done the weekend he flick over the top of sure it was close and goal and then just tapped it into the empty net but uh, yeah. I, that was that was a big memory of Vega but I mean it was a really it was a tough decision because I was between him and Val Harn who was obviously a better servant for Celtic but I just think I, I, I just think Vega was more of a threat in the opposing box and there wasn't much between them as a defender. Uh, so that's why I went for him, even though he wasn't as long a servant to Celtic. But I just I just really, really liked Vega as a player. So he had to he had to get in there for me. Yeah, he wouldn't I, mean, I think, um, like you say, that... Sorry, Ross, no, so, oh, I, I was just going to say, he wouldn't have everybody's choice, but I just... He always sticks in my mind. Uh, I just... As I said, I really loved the guy as a player, and I was gutted he didn't stay longer, or he couldn't stay longer. Yeah, I, th- I think, like you say, he, he obviously came up on loan for, from Spurs, and 
yeah, in, in the, the short time he was with us, he, he kind of just did show his class. A total maverick of a guy as well. He, looked, he seemed uh, definitely, you know, just one off, one out the bottle. But uh, yeah, I, I can completely understand why you've chosen him. And again as well, Baldy and Mialbi, just, they, they really sort of, they're, they're very, the textbook example of what the, the spine of that O'Neill team was, wasn't it? They were they were very physical. But like you say, they were they were capable of playing a, you know, a long pass and, 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 you know, coming up with a goal at the other end as well. But, yeah, I think three excellent choices there, Ross. Absolutely. Uh, Wally, I'll come to you. Um, you've uh, went for four uh, uh, defenders at the back in front of Fraser. Um, if you just want to give us your, your reasons why um, each guy's uh, made the team. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, right back, I've went for PC Lustig. Uh, absolute, what a servant to the club. He was there for, what was he there, for nine years or so. Um, very, very solid. Uh, got up and down the line, scored a couple of cracking goals. Uh, remember the, the old fun one where he turned into Messi, I think, and skinned about five of them and then slotted it in the bottom corner for the edge of the box. Uh, he, he's another one that just absolutely bought into Celtic. He's just part of the Celtic family. Still, still now, I know I see him on podcasts and tweeting and all sorts and, just absolutely loves the club. Great servant. Uh, I know his legs kind of went towards the tail end, but uh, he's he was fantastic. I don't think there was anybody. I was looking at other right backs uh, for that position. I know we had like Adam Matthews stuff like that. Nobody was anywhere near uh, big Lustig for me, so he was a absolute nail on for that position. Um, left back couldn't be anybody else. KT. Uh, I mentioned on the last podcast I was on. There's I was absolutely heartbroken in this. When this lad left, he was he epitomises everything I think a Celtic player should be. He's he, he's he's a fan first and foremost. He's his engine was unbelievable. He could run for days. He got up and down that line. He was as good attacking as he is defending. Proper old school. Never shut a challenge. Uh, pick a pass. Scored on. He scored a couple of crackers as well. Remember the, in the cup game against Kilmarnock where he scored for about the halfway line. It was absolutely world class. I, I I was devastated when he left. I still am, uh, and he's obviously still doing. He's doing the business down at Arsenal. They're, they're raving about him, waxing lyrical about him um, weekly. So he was another one. Uh, a, a wee mention for Izaguirre again. He was another great, uh, fantastic player for us. Great servant. Uh, when he first came in, I remember him. After a season or two, there was talk of big teams wanting on Man United stuff like that. Fantastic player, but Tierney was a was a nail on there for that. Uh, going into centre half, the uh, the big general, big Virgil Van Dyke, absolutely strolled it. Still strolling it. I think uh, most agrees, most accomplished, or, or the best centre half in world football. Obviously, he's had an injury this year, but when he first came in, you could just just see his quality. He was. And he had everything. He's sco- he's scoring thirty yard free kicks for us, and uh, I think it was a goal against St Johnston again. Maze run uh, and just toe pokes it. He skins about five guys. The guy's just he, he is world class, and he's he's shown it now. He's went for crazy crazy money at Liverpool. Uh, he's an absolute stick on for in there as well. Now the other centre half, I kind of struggled with this one a wee bit, but I went for big Chris Ayer uh, again. Another wonderful servant. I think we brought him in as a, a centre mid, uh, and he's turned into a great ball playing centre half for me. 
he's a he's a leader. If if he does end up staying with us, I, I could see him being a future captain. Um, he's another one of these players that just does whatever the manager asks of him. If he goes to right back, and he's he's been fantastic in that position for us this this season. Also, uh, I I think he's a fantastic, fantastically gifted young player. I really hope we can keep hold of him. Like I say, I I, I see future captain in him. Uh, so I went with I went with him at centre half alongside Big Van Dyke. I think yeah, the two ball playing uh, defenders in there and the the two fullbacks is a very good base for the rest of the team to go on and do what they need to do. Absolutely, uh, you've really justified every selection brilliantly there, Willie. Um, like you say, um, Virgil Van Dyke kind of picks himself. You know, like you say, he strolled every football match I think I've ever seen him play in, and you really see everything that he's went on to achieve at Liverpool as well and how much they're missing him this season, I think, just speaks volumes for the man's talents. Similar with, with Kieran Tierney. I mean, I don't think it's any shock to us all to see that he's the always leads the polls amongst Arsenal fans on who would, who they would have as their as their captain. Um, he's really just really even stepped up a gear uh, even since he left us. But what a player he, he, he was uh, when he was at Celtic. Lustig again. Tremendous servant to the club, and I think it's probably a damning indictment on the, the leadership at Celtic, the way they handled uh, his departure uh, yeah. for a man who gave us uh, so many great years. And like you say, I can totally understand you choosing IR as well, because I think especially if he had the chance to play alongside Van Dyke, Van Dyke's so composed that it would allow Ayer to you know, go and express himself a bit further up the pitch with some of those galloping yeah. runs that we all know that he's, he's capable of. So, yeah, four... Absolutely tremendous choices there. Uh, so we'll move on um, to the middle of the park, the engine room, as it were. Uh, Ross, I'll come to you first again, um, just to talk us through your choices. Um, aye, so I'll start uh, on the right uh, with Nakamura. Um, I mean, uh, uh, again, it was a close run one between him and Agat, uh, but I just felt... Well, first of all, I had to get one of Strachan's signings in. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the first non-outfield uh, anyway, first non-O'Neill um, player that you've picked uh, so uh, far. Um, so I, I had uh, his free kick ability alone. Um, again, he was a bit of a maverick. You, you want a guy that's going to get the fans off their seats. And Nakamura did that. Um, he wasn't the most strong uh, player, but I think you can get away with a couple of Mavericks in your team when you've got two setters like Lambert and Lennon. So, uh, I've went with him over a gap. Uh, Maverick over pace, if you like, plus his delivery was probably better than the Gats. Um, uh, move on to the middle of the park. Went with Paul Lambert. Uh, I think we said a, a lot on him the other night. You covered all bases on that, Anthony. Um he was just a, a, a fantastic captain, just a, a just a, a fabulous football player. Uh, his positioning, uh, and him and him and Lennon, there was always an argument: could could they play in the same team together? Well, I think they proved it in spades that they absolutely could and did. Um, Lambert, he, he was just a, a a fabulous leader, and uh, I mean, people will maybe say, oh, "No, got Scott Brown in there," but I just think Scott Brown. Uh, has been an unbelievable captain for Celtic, but when you're talking about Lambert or Lennon or Brown in the middle of the park, I just don't think that Scott Brown 
comes close to any of the two of them. Uh, although what he's done for Celtic has been amazing. So I went with Lambert and then Lennon. Uh, for me, people will probably laugh when I say this, but I think he, for the position he played, people uh, used to like laud Claude McAuley for the job he done at, at Chelsea. And I think Lennon for Celtic, and he'd done it in Europe, I think he'd done as good, a, I'm not saying he was the, as good a player, but he'd done as good and the same job for Celtic as what he did so well for Chelsea. I just think that was a, a really sought-after type of player eh, at that time, eh, and I think Lennon could have slotted into almost any team in Europe and played that role and played it well and no looked at the position. I just thought he was a fabulous player, breaking up attacks and starting attacks, and it wasn't easy in the eye, but what a job he done! I just he was, I just can't really speak highly enough for Lennon as a player. I think he's slightly underrated, and I was he was fabulous at that job. And people will probably roll their eyes at that comparison, but uh, for me, it's it's a fair comparison, and I'll never shirk for that. Um, so I that would be my two in the middle of the park, and then you've got Alan Thompson on the left. Again, we covered him uh, on the last podcast as well. Uh, another guy that was great with a dead ball, so that's me got two dead ball specialists in my team. So right away, we're two nothing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just, again, dead ball specialist, could hit for range, uh, was always good for it. He popped up with some good goals in the box as well. He scored that. I'm sure he scored a goal against Barcelona at Parkhead. Uh, it was inside the box. A lot of his goals were outside the box, but I uh, was just a, a reliable player again. That wasn't. You wouldn't say, "Oh my God, absolute maverick a player or that," but just up and down the line, worked for just a total team player, uh, and couldn't he be overlooked. He was. He was massive for Celtic. For what, was it four or five years? I think he was there almost the whole uh, um, Martin O'Neill train. Uh, and uh, for me, he never let Celtic down once, and he's just got to be in that team for that era, absolutely. So that's my, my four. Uh, I don't know if you want me to go into, because I've had i got like a three, four, one, two, or if you want me to keep that for the front players. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We can we can save your your one for uh, when we get further up the apartment. That's great. No, and like you say, some absolutely brilliant uh, justification there for your choices. I mean, Naka, you know, a, a free kick was as good as a penalty but during yeah. his time, wasn't it? I mean, when you watch that one, especially the home uh, free kick against Manchester United. I mean, I don't know about you guys. It always seems further out the more you watch it. It's just <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible, and I. I like you say um, as well regarding Lennon with a comparison to Makaleli, uh, Ross, you feel like you sometimes will, will get la- laughed at for it. I-, I will say this, if any other, if that been Ronaldo, Messi or any other player that hit that free kick, it would be on the opening credit scene of the mm-hmm. uh, of any football show. Um, because it is a Celtic player, it tends to kind of get overlooked a bit. But for me... I really don't think I have seen as good a free kick with that technique that far out as Naka's. It was an absolutely amazing strike and a, a goal fit to win any match. Um, I was, sorry, I was sitting in the Lisbon Lions that night and it was obviously the opposite end of where he scored. 
and I was directly behind the ball when he hit it, and I, I, I can always remember, it hadn't even cleared the wall, and we were all up, everybody in that part of the stadium, as soon as it left his foot, it was like, bang, that is a goal. He, before he even hit it, he thought, he's going to come up with a moment here, and what a moment it was, absolutely. One of the best free kicks I've ever seen. It was postage stamp, but it was just world class. So, I mean, sorry, you think but... as well that Edwin van der Sar's probably the, the best goalkeeper in the world at that time, and he, and he never even got close to it. Um, just really speaks volumes for me. And Lambert and Lennon, um, the great double act in the middle of the park. Um, and like you say, they really proved the the nonsense chat that could they not play in the same side together. I mean, they ran that show for the, the entirety of uh, Martin O'Neill's uh, time at Celtic. Um, they, re they really just complemented each other uh, very well. Um, and absolutely, you can totally see why uh, both would be chosen. And especially if this is going to be um, if it, if it was going to be a derby game or whatever, Tomo, he was always your your, your go-to man. When he was either good for a goal or a red card against Rangers, and sometimes he enjoyed each one just as much because he always fought for the jersey, um, mm -hmm. and always always even despite um, the way he left the the coaching side at Celtic, you know, it was pretty acrimonious. Um, he still, whenever he's on air, nothing but praise for Celtic and the supporters, and just one of those guys, maybe not steeped in the traditions of the club, but. From the moment he signed, he really bought into it. And um, Celtic might not have been his, his first love um, as a football team, but I think it will definitely be his last. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you just can't can't really argue against all these uh, the service that he provided um, for those five, six years that he was with us. Um, Wally, I'll come to you next, mate, um, just to sort of, sort of talk us through uh, the reasons why the four guys <laughs> you picked uh, made the grade for your midfield too. Yep. Um, Forrest on the right, um, I don't think you could pick anybody else, homegrown player, um, one of our own, uh, it's very rare in the game nowadays, but I think I can see him being at the club until he retires, and uh, like I say, that's so rare, he's, uh, he's such a talent, he, he was a bit raw when he first came in, I know uh, when he was first in the side when Lennon had his first term in charge and he was... He was a scapegoat for a lot of things, and rightly so, in my opinion. In in, in certain games, uh, I was I'll hold my hands up. I was one of the people that used to berate him in most games, but once Rogers got a hold of him, he just turned him into an absolute animal. His 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 pace is frightening. Uh, he's he's so good in the finish. He's he's a great finisher of the ball. He's a proper goal scorer. Uh, for him on that right wing, I don't think there's anybody else that I looked at that even came close to him. So James Forrest, uh, one of our own, he had to go in there. Um, centre mid, I've gone for the captain, the leader, Scott Brown. For me, once once he's retired and, and, and all the rest of it, when we look back, uh, I've mentioned it before in previous podcasts, he, this, he should be immortalised and a statue outside that stadium to be a nine in a row winning captain and uh, to to be a success at the club for as long as he has been and a proper, proper leader. We've not had much of that this year. Uh, I really hope he signs on again for another year. He, even if he's not playing as much, uh, he's he's just been he's fantastic. And when you when you hear all the 
the new guys come in, they're, they're always annoying him, and, he, and he, he's always he's always the one that's like a proper he's a proper old school captain. He's the one that brings them into the club and 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 tells them what it what it means to to play for this for this club. Uh, I think that's been severely lacking. Uh, he's for me, he's just he's one of our greatest ever captains. Uh, so he had to be in there. Next to him, uh, the two of them were a fantastic pair when they played together. Big Victor Wanyama, unbelievable. Another man mountain, strong as an ox. Fantastic engine, great in the air. Always popped up with a goal. The, the guy had everything. Uh, he's, he went down south and he's had a decent career down there. But for us, he was an absolute machine. And uh, the Barcelona game obviously sticks out. He's, he's, he was just Awesome, awesome, awesome player. Uh, it was in the centre mid. It was it had to be two or three, and I had to leave Kalmak out, uh, McGregor. But uh, he was he was very close. Again, he's another one that I think maybe in five six years time, if he he's he's another homegrown that that uh, manages to stay there his whole career, and he, he but I can't I can't leave either Brown or Wanyama out. It's just not happening. So he's had to take a place in the bench, unfortunately for him. Left wing again. This was another. This is this is the one I probably uh, went over most more than others. But I've went with Scott Sinclair. Uh, the the guy for me was on his days just unplayable. The speed uh, when he had Tierney overlapping him as well, who obviously is in my team. Uh, the, the two of them down that left hand side were were crazy good, and uh, he, he came inside. The goals he scored, the amount of goals he scored from the left wing, and uh, they. The first couple of seasons he was at, well, the first season he hit the ground running, obviously, with a debut goal. And I think he'd only signed the, the night before and didn't even train and came on and, and, and scored and just hit the ground running. And that was him from there. I never looked back. He was absolutely imperative in that invincible season. And uh, Rogers, again, worked wonders with another player. It's, it's a bit sad and sour the way he left. Uh, I, I think we could have done with him this year. We've really struggled. In the wide areas, and I always thought he was fantastic coming in for the left. He would have been, uh, and I know he's doing decent down at Preston. So very sad to see him go. And I, I think I thought he was electric on the left left hand side. So I've I've went with Scotland Scott Sinclair there. You argue every point very well there. Uh, well, I mean, like you say, there's a few that could have made the grade on the left hand side, but you really can't leave out the guy that won Player of the Year in the Invincible season, uh, can you? Um, James Forrest as well one of the homegrown players great to see him included you know like you say um, Brendan really took his game to a whole different level which just goes to show um, the bonus of having a proper coach um, sort of drilling the players on a daily basis and so much is said when it comes to football about winning your battles in the middle of the park I don't think there's going to be many guys that are going to get the better of, of that duo you know Victor Wanyama, just an absolute powerhouse, like you say. And Scott Brown, um, the captain, just, like you say, for longevity, for setting standards, and just for the success that he's had at the club. Um, yep, I think it's very fitting that you've um, picked him uh, to, to be in the middle of the park as well. And probably even further testament, you could give the fact that Ross has got him in his squad as well. Um, so he's actually made... The grade on on both on both sides, it just goes to show um, how how good he was, uh, and is. 
Uh, now, John, apologies. I'd meant to come to you after the defenders um, that section had been read out and uh, it totally slipped my mind. So my apologies. Um, so I'll come to you now, just going through the, the guys' choices um, and the reasons why. Um, what's your thoughts? Absolutely. By the way, see, just listening to these teams is phenomenal. And the memories it brings back as well is incredible. And fair play to use boys, because that picking a team for the errors is some choice. Like, I mean, like the players you've got to pick for, and I think, like you said, Anthony, as well, the, what they've said in terms of the reasoning for picking their players and the points that they've given them have been absolutely spot on. The only, the only one that I did sort of, <laughs> no, I was, I mean, it was a good choice. Didn't get me wrong, but um, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have got a place on my team. Uh, was for you, Ross, when you said Vega. As I say, I love the guy, great player, but there was another boy in that era who would have got the nod for me. Um, but I don't know, I mean, the, the, both defences are incredibly strong. Um, both midfields are incredible as well. Dead ball specialists, like William says, the likes of Wanyama, Brown, showing up midfield. Sinclair on the wings, Nako on the wing, Tomo. It's just incredible choices. And when you think back to the players that we've had, it's scary. And it's you wonder why we've no one more than we have. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that's the midfield taken care of, guys. Uh, what a battle uh, those two, four players uh, would have going at each other. Um, really good choices there. So we'll move to the, the up front. Every... Football club needs their goal scorers and their attacking midfielders to do the most important thing, which is putting the ball in the back of the net. And we've been very blessed over the last 20 years to, to see no shortage of uh, fantastic strikers and creative players. So, Ross, I'll come to you first. You've went with uh, one uh, player just behind a front two um, in the 3-4-1-2 in the formation. Uh, so just talk us through your three choices. Um, I so I'll start off with which would probably be like the number ten role. Uh, so I'd went with Maravchik. Um, I it would just be like a free role for him uh, to do what he wants because he just does what he wants. Um, he was for me. He came in at what I think it was maybe thirty, thirty one something like that when he came into Celtic. Vengloss brought him in. Comes in, makes his debut, scores two goals against Rangers. I mean, when he came in, people were like, who's this guy? And I'm sure someday in the media, I can't remember, eh, had kind of, I can't remember the exact quote, but they were saying they should have signed somebody else instead of this unknown guy. And it turned out that he was, well, Vengloss obviously knew him. He was world class. Eh, just a different, another again. He could hit free kicks, uh, he could hit free distance, he could pick a pass, his touch was phenomenal. Uh, and for to for have him in that free roll, uh, just going between and round about the two strikers, uh, it just, it'd be very, very difficult to pick up in that position as well. Uh, defenders just didn't know what to do with him. So I, I mean, I have to say, I, I, I kind of wrangled a bit because I wanted to get Petrov in the team, but the the way I'd set the team out, eh, I, I just think that Moravchik would fit that role better than Petrov, who was obviously a box-to-box midfielder. 
Uh, but I just I, I like the look of the the one just behind the strikers rather than the five across the middle of the park. Uh, so that's how Petrov just missed out because he was a fabulous player. I, I, I absolutely loved him. Uh, but we're talking about Miravchik here, so I, I don't think. Not that he would listen to this, but he might, because we're number one in the iTunes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, I, I mean, I don't think he would be offended with missing out in the team due to Lubomir Moravchik. I don't I think he would. Sorry to bump, but in one, of my, one of my earliest memories, and it's one of my favourites, uh, I remember my dad taking me along uh, to a game. I can't remember who it was against. It might have been Hearts. And... Uh, seeing Lubo in the flesh and he went over and he took a corner off of one, one side and he whipped in with his right foot and it went headed away for a corner on the other side. So he walked to the other side and took it in with his left foot and I can remember just sitting in the stadium going, my God, this guy is just something is, anybody that contro- controls a ball with their arse it should aye, be aye. in any team world football. <laughs> aye, exactly, I Totally agree with that. Um, aye, so then moving on to my front two, um, Again, a wrangle between Hearts and, and Sutton. Uh, to and fro for a while. Uh, I mean, Sutton, I, I just, I, I went with Hearts because I think he probably, he would get you more goals. Um, Sutton, there wasn't much in between them uh, as regards in the air. Uh, hold up play, bring guys into play. Probably Sutton, maybe just edges, bringing guys into play over Hearts and but uh, I think Hartson was just slightly more of a goal threat. But again, I looked at something I thought, he's a bit of a utility player. Eh? Celtic used him at the back and in midfield eh, throughout his career at Celtic. Obviously, he was predominantly a striker, but eh, a, a guy like that is always good to have in your squad. So although he didn't make the starting eleven, eh, he was always getting on the bench. There was no two ways about that, but... Um, I think probably the main reason that Hartson made it is because I noticed the day that uh, it's 18 years to the day since Thompson and Hartson scored the two belters at Anfield, so I think it was fitting that the two of them got into the starting 11 on this day. Uh, so I he just probably just edged it because of that as well as he's more of a goal threat. And then moving on to Larson, I mean, what more can you say about that guy? There's everybody knows what he is uh, he would get into pretty much you could probably say any Celtic team in their history um, I mean obviously older guys would maybe argue that he wouldn't get into the Lisbon Lions team I can't I mean I never seen enough of the Lisbon Lions to say whether he would or not but I mean he was he was just world class everything I mean that goal that Willie touched on the other night, eh, the one where Silva played it in him and he flicked it up and swiveled and hit it in to the net on the volley. Eh, I mean, there's there's no many players that could do that. He's, he's, in the air, he was absolutely amazing. I mean, the two headers that he scored in the UEFA Cup final are two, like, it like I'm not even being biased, Like they were two of the best headers that I've ever seen. Like that one, where he headers it back across Bayer and in off the post, he's absolutely no right to score that for there. Absolutely no right. And for a guy his height, he's spring, and he was just, a, a, you can't speak highly enough of Larson, we all know that, but just some of the goals he scored for Celtic over the years were absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, 
the chip against Rangers as well. He also scored one at Ibrox where it came back out. I can't mind how it rebounded back out, but he, he, he like won this header for about the penalty spot, and he was like, "Can he?" It was going over him. He was tracking back, and how he managed to get the power on it to direct it back towards goal, and then Kloss tried to scramble across his box and fell into the net. And I thought, "How have you done that?" Like. You shouldn't be able to do that's not even human what you've done with your neck muscles there. Uh, aye, just just a fabulous player, uh, and you can't speak highly enough of him. And aye, that front two uh, with Maravchik just roaming about behind him, a lot of defences, if any, would struggle to stop them uh, in their prime and at full pelt. Aye, I just I think my team is absolutely first class and bring it on, Wally. It is a yeah, I mean, like you say, it's almost sad for Henrik that we. It's almost that he was so good that, like you say, what more can you say about him? Because you could spend all day talking about him, but we often just sort of say Henrik for Henrik's sake because no one can put an argument against him. He was a world class uh, talent, and we were just so fortunate, um, all us guys, to, to sort of see him in his prime. You know, he was worth the the season ticket money alone. Just an absolute world-class talent. Um, yeah, he definitely made made for a uh, very enjoyable view note in his time at Celtic. Um, mm-hmm. Seven amazing years of service. Lubo, similar to, crazy to think that if you had to combine the transfers of fees of Lubo yeah. and Henrik, it's less than a million pound. It's just, it's absolutely, Long even cars, e- even for as back, you know, 20 years ago that it was, it's that's still, incredible to think that we managed to get those two guys for, for less than a million. Uh, Lubo was just, he wasn't just a bag of tricks. He, he, he's, he's reading of the game uh, for me was setting to none and him and Henrik had a, had a tremendous partnership. And I totally agree, Ross. It's Sutton and Big Bad John Hartson, it's very difficult to try and negate it. When I actually jotted down a, a selection, I did just go with Sutton purely possibly just on the versatility factor, like you say. Mm. But, you know, John himself, he was just an absolute battering ram, wasn't he? I mean, defenders used to hate playing against him. And he's he's a century boy. You know, he scored over 100 goals for the club. So I don't think anyone can really could really um, argue against his inclusion. And I think, going back to what you were saying about the UEFA Cup final, um, I actually think that, that the, the Seville game, to, the, the biggest honour you could, you, you could say him and to praise him with is how much we missed him. In the final, because I've got no doubt that had Hartson been fit to play that game, that that perhaps the the trophy would have came back to to Celtic Park. Um, totally. Just a terrific talent. So that's rounds off your your starting eleven. Um, thanks for that, Ross. And uh, Wally, um, you didn't have a king of kings, but looking at some of the guys that have played for us uh, since 2010 to the present day, your strike force shouldn't look none too shabby either. Aye, I know, but there's no point, is there? Ross has got Henrik, man. That's it, deep. just give him it. <laughs> no, I've got a decent, I've got a decent front too, to be fair. Um, so I've went with uh, Odson Edward, French Eddie, playing as a, a kind of deep line, uh, not quite a number ten, but a deep line or a false nine in behind the striker. I think we've not played him uh, as much with another striker up front, but I think that's his best. That's when we get the best of him. That uh, phase last season, when we had 
him and Griffiths up top together, he just flourished. I mean, he's a he's a wonderfully talented, gifted footballer. Anyway, when he's up top himself, but he just comes alive when he's got somebody that can get in behind and he can kind of get these spaces in between the lines and and kind of run at players. Uh, he, he, I think he just thrives off that. He, even this year, he's he's missed half he's missed half a season with COVID problems and. And, and all the rest of it, and I still think he's a, he's a top goal scorer in the league. I might be wrong, but I think he's still the top goal scorer. The, the guy's a wonderful talent. He's going to go on to bigger and better things, I'd imagine. Uh, it's, for us to pay the money that we did to pay for him is fantastic. Celtic selling out money like that for, for, a, for a player like uh, his calibre. Uh, tremendous player. Had to put him in there. And he's playing just off big... The big hun scalper he sell, like I said, big Musa. This guy's just got everything: strength, uh, power, physicality. He can, he can hit either line and, and and bring other players into play. He's an absolute born finisher. Some of his goals were just a few, like against Rangers, where remember the one in the New Year's the New Year's game where the balls came off the corner and he's just lashed it into the roof of the net. There's nobody. Say, they could have had five defenders and four keepers in the goal. They're not saving that. The guys, and he, he's another one, he's went on to, he's at Atletico Madrid, I think now, who are no slouches, they're cruising the La Liga, I think, at the moment, and uh, he was always going to go on to bigger things. Again, another snip, I think Rogers got him in for 600, 500k or so, 600k, a wonderful signing. Another one that bought right into the Celtic way, he still tweets, still looks, after, uh, still looks out for the results. Just an absolute, another powerhouse, I think, from my, the spine of my team from back to front. It's just absolute animals, just powerhouse. Uh, wonderful striker. Gutted to see him go, but uh, he's he's up top for me, mate. Eddie, just off him. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, mate. And, you know, when I was jotting down some ideas, I did pick the French connection as well, uh, Eddie and Dembele up front. It's... It's a shame just the way it worked out. Obviously, we Musa getting injured before he was sold. That we didn't really get too much opportunity to see them play together. But on the rare occasions that we did, it did look like they were going to forge a, a really fantastic partnership. Um, and yeah, both absolutely worthy um, of the inclusion. Uh, so that's the teams picked, guys. Absolutely fantastic choices and and justified fantastically by your two selves. But as we all know. Football's not just about the guys on the pitch. It's also about the, the person leading them in the dugout. Um, so I would ask, uh, from the managers that we've had over the years, if you could pick one uh, to lead both your respective um, teams. Now, Ross, you've got the services of Mr O'Neill, Martin himself. You could also pick Gordon Strachan, who also enjoyed much a lot of success at the club um, and made... Europe Champions League participation very much a matter of routine. You could also have Tony Mowbray, uh, should you choose, but I don't think um, that would be your first choice, um, I'm guessing. Um, but tell us who you would pick uh, to lead your boys and why. Um, I mean, well, first of all, I didn't even, Tony Mowbray didn't even come into my thinking. I forgot he memory. Uh, aye, absolutely. After that 4 0 defeat at St. Mern, it was just like, wow. McGeady at left back. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Aye, enough said. Um, aye, so it, obviously it was between 
O'Neill or Strachan. Uh, I mean, Strachan, he got his to two last 16 finishes. Uh, he done three in a row, uh, which hadn't been done for a very long time uh, before he done it. Um, but I have to go with Martin O'Neill. Um, he came in at a time where Rangers were looking like they were going to be the dominant force again. And you could say he was provided with a lot of funds, uh, but he, he used those those funds really well. Uh, and he made Celtic a force again, uh, a force in Europe. He changed the full mindset of the club. We, we, we made our debut in the Champions League due to Martin O'Neill, uh, and we held our own on every occasion. I know like I've made the case for Strachan uh, getting us to the last 16, but how, how a Martin O'Neill team never made the last 16 is absolutely beyond me. Just some results just didn't quite go our way. But uh, we we really should have, like, got, I mean, for instance, uh, I think it was uh, in Turin, Stadio del Alpe, uh, against Juventus. Uh, I think we were 2-0 down at halftime. And we come back, uh, debutants in the tournament, uh, and get it to 2-2. And then, were absolutely robbed by Amoruso, throwing his cell to the ground in the last minute. Uh, that if, if he hadn't cheated and we hadn't lost that goal, we qualify for the last 16. And we're talking about Martin O'Neill being the first man to take Celtic to the last 16 in the Champions League. And who knows what could have happened then, because that team were they had they were colossal. They had dominant players throughout the team. Uh, that some European teams. Power-wise, just wouldn't have been able to handle. And it was proven, certainly at Parkhead. If we could have beat anybody in Europe, I think, at Parkhead at that time. And then who knows what can happen away from home. I know we had a, a few bad results away from home. But uh, aye, for me, Martin O'Neill uh, absolutely changed the mindset uh, and made gave Celtic the platform to be the dominant force that they have been since the turn of the century and I even his partner yesterday at half time just reminded me what a guy he was brilliant Martin O'Neill aye for me uh, absolutely great stuff mate yeah like you say it was great seeing him again yesterday and you could see that uh, he's not lost any of that charm just absolutely brilliant um, yeah you, you explained it all absolutely perfectly um, what, what a man and uh, yeah, it would be my choice as well for, for what it's worth. Uh, just a different, it just completely changed uh, the direction the club was going in. And thankfully, give or take the odd time, uh, odd bad time, we've kind of stuck with it um, in these last 20 years. And uh, I think it's all down to him um, and, the, and the sort of foundations he, he laid. Uh, Willie, you've got, uh, again, um, a choice of three potential managers. Um, you've got a former player who who took over in the dugout, Neil Lennon, who had uh, two stints as the as the Celtic manager. In between that, you also have uh, Ronnie Dyla, who won two league titles and a league cup and sort of bloodied the likes of Callum McGregor and Kieran Tierney into the squad. And also as well, you have another Irishman in Brendan Rodgers, who led the side to just incredible levels of uh, domestic dominance, um, culminating with a, an invincible treble in his first season. So, from those uh, three guys, who are you picking to lead your uh, your starting eleven? Uh, it's got to be Rogers, isn't it? It's a uh, it's a no brainer for me. Um, he came in and he's virtually changed the club from from top to bottom. 
uh, winning mentalities, like losing isn't an option. Uh, just a, a coach first and foremost, a man manager. Um, for me, a manager should know when to be able to put an arm around a player, and and he, and he should know when to spot when, when to spot to give somebody a rollicking uh, as well. Uh, the guy's just got it all. He's tactically tactically very good. He's shown that at Leicester uh, just now. Uh, I know he, he started with a first 11 in a certain formation and it's it's changed over time and they're, they're playing a totally different formation now and he's still getting results for uh, for him to be in that league and be in the position he's in with the squad of players he's got compared to, to the others and the budget the others have got it shows the sort of manager he is uh, I know it was a bit of sour taste and Mouse when he left I personally I wasn't as uh, I didn't feel as much that way. I tended to try and think of the, the the joy he brought to me personally as a fan by coming in because being the mind before him, um, being there, obviously for years and years, our squad's been far away and above, uh, far more talented than most others in the league. Uh, and when the team across the city went through their patch and they ended up being relegated to the third division, we without a shadow of a doubt should have been picking up all these trophies that what we've done in the past four years we should have been doing that then uh, but it's that mentality and and Rogers brought that to the squad to the players I, I touched on it earlier the likes of James Forrest who looked like he was on his way out maybe he turned him in an absolute first name in the team sheet the likes of Tierney and he's he brought them on and they're, they're all going on and that for me is what I think that's what he gets a kick out of most. He's a coach first and foremost, and he loves nurturing talent and turning them into the likes of Sterling at, at Liverpool. He brought through, and now he's one of world football's most coveted players, and he's, he's does a damage at Man City, and he's he's doing it now with the likes of Madison, and he's just a proper proper coach. I I think we are very fortunate that we managed to. Have him in a, as as we have with all these players we've talked about. For me, Rogers is the, the cream of the crop, and I don't understand how he's not in a he has in a top job. But for me, the the Man United's, Liverpool's, Barcelona's, Real Madrid, if if they're looking for a man, I, I I don't see why they should look any further than somebody like Rogers, which is a big statement, but for me, he's the, the guy is just the, the cream of the crop, the best in the business, no stone unturned. Um, and I feel like he's one of these as well, that's when he's part of your club, it's not just about that and his job. I, I guarantee he walks through and he's, hello to the dinner lady, knows the dinner lady's name, canteen, everybody from top to bottom, there's no no stone unturned. He's just marvellous at what he does. Uh yeah, we're very, very fortunate to have him, have him be at the club and start, start what, what, he, what, what we've done in the last four years. That's it's all down to Rogers for me. Uh, Lennon just came in and just carried on what he was doing. Uh, for us to do what we've done is all because of a certain Mister Brendan Rogers, in my opinion. So for me, it's a no-brainer. He's he's got to be. He's got, and I would go as far as saying maybe. Not not of all time. Big Jock Steen's got to be of all time. But other than that, for me, Rogers is, is he's got to be up there. I know he didn't spend as much time as we would have liked here, but the guy's just just different different class for me. Absolutely, 
Absolutely, Wally. Well, well, well said, and I'll definitely uh, second that. Just really whets the appetite when you think about it. The man who led us to a European final going up against Mr. Invincible. Just, oh, just unbelievable to think uh, just how good that would have been to see. We'd have paid good money for it. Uh, so I have to, I'm going to come to yourself, John, because I said at the start that trying to put 11 players from both sides was a pretty much impossible task. But I think if anyone can do it, it's you. So <laughs> in the last hour, you've had to, to, to hear all the guys and, the, and their reasonings for, for each player. Have you been able in this last hour to try and, uh, to try and pick a 21st century 11 from all oh, the players? No way, John. I was genuinely about to say <laughs> you could do a full podcast amalgamating both teams and I, I could be here for about six days and still oh, nobody able to come up with him. So, uh, good luck, John. You're, you're, you're obviously no kidding. Um, so, I uh, obviously, Anthony, you tasked me with this uh, early on. Um, picking for both guys' teams, uh, I think, like I say, is the absolutely incredible squads we've had over the past 20 years. Um, and picking a top 11 for that period is, as you mentioned, it's a damn near impossible because you've got an argument for replacing every guy in, in the starting lineup, uh, maybe bar a couple. Um, but I mean, I don't think there's any real. I mean, there's a lot that get you could say, but what about this guy? What about this guy? But uh, you, you can't go wrong either way. That's how good some of these guys were. Uh, so I did manage to uh, get a starting 11 through both Ross and Williams teams. Um, I went with, I mean, the formation and try to fit everybody in was obviously the first obstacle, but I just stuck with a, a, a 4 4 2. I had to uh, just give everybody a sort of fair chance. Um, so for me, uh, my goalkeeper was uh, Boric. Um, like Ross touched on, the guy knew he'd just go to Celtic. Um, it, 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 it he still, to this day, lives, eats, sleeps, breathes Celtic. He's, he was up for it. Didn't matter win, lose or draw. He was always up for it. He was, he was just what a keeper he was as well. Some of the saves he would pull off. He just his general attitude, and he loved winding up that other mob and also, uh, fantastic to watch. Uh, incredible goalkeeper, incredible shot stopper. Um, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I then went with a back four. Um, as I said, uh, started with Tierney out on the left. Um, I mean, how you again? Uh, the guys came up. A Celtic fan came through the the youth ranks. He knows the club inside out. Uh, he loves the club uh, and what a player he was. And as as you quite rightly pointed out as well, uh, William, he's he's proven that it wasn't just him walking it or strolling it in this league. Uh, he's making a name for himself down uh, at Arsenal now as well. Um, so I think he had that, that sort of warrants his selection. Uh, in the central, uh, I went for Van Dijk and Mjalbe. I just think that central, a centre-half pairing that they two would be damn near impossible to get past. Um, both absolute mountains. Uh, incredible defenders. No-nonsense defenders. Just commanded the back line. Uh, and I just wish we still had guys like that now, man. When you see the defensive frailties we've got to have two two defenders like that in the team, it would be absolutely incredible. But I we saw Van Dyke again, just reiterating what you said, William. Uh, 
absolute mountain. Strolled up here. Everybody says that it was only because it was the Scottish League. He wouldn't be able to cut it anywhere else. He's went and proved that. He's probably the best defender on the planet at the minute. Um, so, um, again, big me, Albie. Uh, what, what else can you say? Done a job for us. Uh, under O'Neill. Showed up the defence. Was an absolute tank. Um, and then right back, uh, I thought, going off uh, what you were saying as well, I mean, Lustig is obviously a fantastic choice as well, but um, I went for one of the guys that Ross put in his bench, uh, and Jackie uh, McNamara. Um, I think the likes of Tierney and McNamara um, running the running the overlapping up the wings with the midfield I've got as well would be absolutely lethal. Uh, talking about another no-nonsense uh, defender who he could pass, he could cross a ball. And he just, what a player he was. Um, midfield, um, again, I went with four. So I went with Alan Thompson out on the left, uh, much like Euros. Uh, same reasons, he just, he just, he, he played his heart out. He, he gave everything in every game. Um, he wasn't the flashiest of players. He wasn't really skillful, uh, but he, he, he went he went for everything a hundred percent. Need some engine in him, and he, he, he never let up. Uh, in midfield, and, and this is where I started to find it really difficult. Um, when you're looking at midfielders, because the guys you've got to pick for in both sides, Petrov, Brown, Lennon, Wanyama. It's just I opted for Brown in the end. Uh, I just think. That I mean, no since well for quite a long time. If you had a player who's gave as much to the club, uh, a captain, a leader, uh, like we've touched on as well in previous podcasts, the guy deserves and is likely uh, I'm going to end up with a statue, and, it, and quite rightly so, he deserves it. Um, he's gave pretty much almost his entire professional career to Celtic at this point um, and like he's been phenomenal servant for us uh, and I just couldn't overlook him for that uh, and then with him in midfield uh, I went for Maravchik uh, again same reasons the guy was he was absolutely magic um, it just seemed like every time he the ball touched his feet he was going to do something spectacular um, and you knew when he had the ball at his feet and he was going forward that we could score uh, it, it didn't matter where we were what sort of defence we were team defence we were up against. He just he cre- he created he could create something out of nothing. Um and like you say he was excellent with both feet, great technical player. Just absolute magic. Uh, and then on the right I went for Nakamura. Uh, again it, it's difficult when you look at our midfield over the years, um players to sort of pick for. But I mean you can't it would, it would be silly not to pick Nakamura. The guy, let's say, he's just for his dead ball, he's, he's free kicks alone, he'd be worth having in any squad. Um, the guy could thread the needle for about 40, 50 yards. And it would, just what he was able to do with, with the ball at his feet was phenomenal. Um, and then up front, and this this might be a wee bit, cause a wee bit hey, division against uh, amongst you guys, but... Uh, I'm just going to start with saying Larson, obviously. Uh, I think if I'd have said any name other than Larson, you would be up my arms. So 
Um, Larson obviously is definitely the top choice uh, in terms of up top. I don't think anybody could really disagree with that. Um, and, we, and like you say, we could do an entire podcast just talking about Larson himself, uh, which wouldn't be a bad idea, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> partnering Larson, um, I've went for Dembele. Uh, I just thought Dembele was absolutely phenomenal player. Um, I rate him as a better player than Edward. Uh, I just thought his hold-up play, his ability to turn and beat his man. He was he tried he tried less, maybe not so much in previous years, but this year Edwards obviously tried to beat his man. He's he's got a heavy first touch. He doesn't seem to be able to. I mean, some of the stuff he's done is absolutely magic. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's times where his decision making uh, in that final third has been a wee bit poor. But Dembele just seemed to be a wee bit more clinical um, and a wee bit more decisive. And I think him partner Larson being able to hold the ball up and bring. Larson and the likes of Maravchik into the game as well uh, would make that strike partnership absolutely lethal. Uh, and I wasn't sure if you wanted me to go with a manager uh, to lead yeah, go this for it, mate. Go for it. Uh, team. But I did pick one, um, and I'm sorry, William, but I went for Renew. Uh, again, the reason for it was just what he done when he came into Celtic. Um, we were up against a much stronger Rangers team. Um, Took us to the finals at Will. He turned Parkhead, as you, as you rightly said, into a fortress. Defensive standpoint, we were nigh on impossible to get past uh, in some games, uh, as well as obviously being a considerable attacking threat as well. And that's not to say Rogers isn't capable of that, but I think just based on uh, everything, I, I would I think it's very close, but I nearly did it for me. Also, one other wee thing, and this might be interesting for you, just after I picked my team, I just sort of looked at how much we go all these guys for that collective first 11 and it's amazing when you think about it especially how money is in this day and age but that starting 11 that I've just gave you guys totals 16 and a half million wow wow unbelievable just when you, you think what that could buy you, what that 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 next thing, that gets you nothing these days and no disrespect to Frimpong but we sold him for nearly that do you know it's what I mean just, it, it, no it's, far it's, after that sort of Jo- that's jaw dropping, really, isn't it? When you when you when you think about it, um, th- th- those choices absolutely brilliant, John. And like you say, I-, I gave you a really a thankless task, an impossible task, to be honest. But I think I would speak for the boys when you say you've actually gave it a very good go, we- justified every selection. And you know, when you look down that that squad, you know, if if, if all of them were available in one generation, I don't think it's uh, ridiculous to suggest that there would maybe be another European Cup uh, resting in the Parkhead Trophy room. Um, but no, absolutely fantastic choices, guys. Um, and that really sort of takes us uh, to the end of the show. Um, Ross, William, thanks very much uh, for giving us your choices. Um, it's You've argued everyone um, very well. And uh, yeah, it's hard to have an argument against uh, any of them. Um, so... And John, we'll be back on uh, tomorrow night. Is, is that right? With uh, Stephen, will be back in the regular hosting slot. Um, it'll be uh, your good self, Stephen, uh, myself. I'll be back on discussing all the events from Sunday and a few other points. And also, we'll have a special guest uh, from a Celtic state of mind, uh, Laura Bradburn. Uh, Laura's going to be coming on with us, giving us uh, her views as well. So, yeah, we'll uh, very much look forward to that. But Definitely. in terms of tonight, Brilliant show, guys. 
Um, yeah, sorry to cut you off, mate. I just want to ask you one question. I mean, we've obviously we've mm-hmm. given, and you've done a fantastic job. And thanks again for hosting us. Um, but you gave Ross and William a task in naming their best eleven for both those decades, uh-huh. uh, and they've both provided excellent points. But I just want to ask you, um, who would win that game? What would the score be, and Ooh. why? Oh, it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? You you really, I, I tell you, just for the simple reason that the King of Kings is on Rossi's team, I think they would maybe just edge it two one, but it's it's very very close. Um, maybe we 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 Eddie on the other side, it could very well have went two one the other way. I don't think it would be a very high scoring game with those two goalkeepers between the sticks, but yeah, I think maybe. Just edge that I'll go for for the O'Neill side, but yeah, very very difficult to choose from. Uh, so yeah, thanks for putting me on the spot there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's uh, that's us guys. We've uh, came to the end of the show. Uh, the fact is, sadly, that the sands of time have decided that this these sort of arguments and debates will forever be up for well debate. Um, unfortunately, we would never have been able to see all of these guys all play their trade at the one time. We'll never be able to know. Who would win the battle between Bobo and Virgil at the back? Who would win the midfield battle between Paul Lambert and Victor Wanyama? Or who would be the highest scorer between Henrik and Eddie? But what we do know is that we as fans have been very, very lucky to have witnessed all of these guys play their trade at Celtic and all the success that we've enjoyed seeing them uh, take in their respective generations. Uh, So my thanks again to Ross, William and John for their time tonight. And of course, everyone that's been listening as well um if you keep following us on all the social media outlets and hopefully that'll just uh, grow the show uh, even more but until next time everyone stay at home stay safe and hail hail thank you <laughs>